Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. This is the advice that Paul gave to Timothy as he instructed him in his church leadership role. You can find it in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. But here's an interesting thing. The word train comes from the Greek word gymnos, from which we derive the word gymnasium. Now that all sounds fine and dandy and something we wouldn't have too much of an issue with. Work hard, get in the gym, and do some training in getting godly. However, the word gymnos actually means naked. So now we have this unusual picture of people training by working up a sweat in the gym whilst having no clothes on. Because the original translation would be to exercise naked. Now it wasn't unusual in the original Greek games for the participants to compete naked. So when the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, a young leader in the city of Ephesus, lauded as one of the most important cities in the Greek Empire, it would have made perfect sense. Do not be burdened by anything, put it off, do away with it, and train unhindered. Focus your entire being on being godly. Now, the writer of the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament also sharply portrayed the image of being unhindered. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Basically, Strip away everything that might get in the way of being able to run and that might slow you down. Now, perhaps I wouldn't get very far if I entered a 100 meter sprint, given my dodgy knees and an inability to run without looking like a wobbly penguin. But imagine if I turned up at the starting line in a wetsuit and flippers with a life jacket strapped around me and a snorkel ready to hit me in the face at every step. I think even the dodgy need original version of myself would fare much better in any such race. But here I think we can see the context of what the writer is urging us to do. If you desire to run the race, then run it the best you can. Give yourself the best chance of competing and finishing. Don't fail to finish because you're weighed down by things that we don't need to carry. Give yourself the best chance. Now these are wise words and often quoted in Christian churches, but what does it actually mean for us? The things that we are being urged to strip away in both instances are the things that have nothing to do with godliness and have everything to do with self and sin. Now I don't want to be sermonising or coming across as heavy-handed here, but I think the illustration that Paul uses, and it's possible that Paul also wrote the book of Hebrews, so the analogies would match up, they make it very clear that sin is going to hold us back. It will weigh us down. It will cause us to struggle. It will tie us up in useless argument and debate. If we train ourselves to be godly as the instructions to Timothy states, then this implies that it is us that has to do something. We train. 
we strip off every weight in order to run and compete at our fullest potential. In its truest sense, this is indeed most liberating as it shows us that we are all in this together. No one is excused. We have to train or exercise in order to maintain a righteous or godly lifestyle and a daily walk in this. We cannot be superior to somebody else or even be judgmental of somebody else. We're all in this together. Now it's often said that a baby comes into this world naked and this is indeed true if the description was to do with our clothing or even our innocence. But the truth of the matter is that even a baby is born of Adam's seed and therefore is shaped and clothed in sin. As a consequence of this and due to the prevailing worldview in which we grow up, we naturally take on more and more sin. We clothe ourselves daily with ungodliness. Now as Christians, we receive the benefit of having our sins covered by Jesus' righteousness. But our nature still attracts sin. And it is this that we have to train hard to expel or restrain. Now sometimes we're better at it than other times. Sometimes we are well inclined to God's voice and guidance by the Holy Spirit. Other times, however, we fail to hear God's leading and we're diverted by other voices and leadings. And by the very nature of this, we shun the clothing of righteousness and we indulge in our fallen natures. This is not good for us at all. And it's why Jesus, Paul and the other New Testament writers urge us to stand firm in that we first believed. For example, 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 15, Paul says, With all of these things in mind, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teachings that we passed on to you, both in person and by letter. Notice that the instruction is for us to do it for us to stand firm, for us to keep a strong grip, for us to train hard, for us to put off the things that would drag us down. You see, the mighty work of salvation, God has already done and he's given it to us as a gift when we believe in the sacrifice of Jesus. It's a given, but it does not mean that we stand therefore and wait for everything else. You see, the battle has commenced once we step over the line and make our intentions known to live a life worthy of God's calling. The Bible tells us that our enemy is on the prowl. In fact, the Apostle Peter describes it like this in 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion and he's looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So let's be very serious for a minute or two and join all of this together. If I'm in a race, I would do my best to compete to the best of my ability. This would mean training hard and then making sure that I was in the best condition to run and was not burdened by unnecessary weight or clothing as per the scriptures we started with. The problem is that most of us see this as a straightforward race, but it isn't. This race is the race in this life to cross the finish line and enter into eternal relationship with God the Father, where the reward is eternity, but more than that, eternity without the burdens that this world gives us. So no more pain, no more suffering, no more sin, period. In the presence of a holy God, where no sin 
can abide. Now let's link all of this with the warnings that in this life, before we reach the finishing line, our enemy, the devil, is prowling around looking for those that he can devour. Now, if you've seen any wildlife program, you will know how a lion hunts. Splitting the pack, picking off the weak and the struggling, those that were finding it difficult to keep up with the safety of the herd. In fact, those that would put up the least resistance. I think you can picture where this is going. If we choose to run the race of life and do nothing about the burden of sins that we carry and that hinder our ability to keep up, then surely we are in danger of being picked off and, as the scriptures tell us, devoured. Now, I can choose to run the 100 metre sprint in my wetsuit and flippers, but to be honest, I don't stand much chance of keeping up with those who have stripped off all of the unnecessary stuff and have chosen to run naked. To truly mix my metaphors, I would be in great danger of being picked off by the prowling lion chasing after us. I would have been a fool to think that I could even compete. And the price for such foolishness? Paul, when he writes to the churches in Galatia, has to ask them why they were being diverted from the truth by false teaching. They had put aside the truth of the gospel they had heard from Paul initially and had replaced it with some restrictive teaching. He puts it like this in Galatians 5 verse 7. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. So there you have it. The gospel frees us. It gives us the ability to run the race in the first place. But it's up to us how we decide to run the race set out before us. Do we train hard to keep in step and keep our eyes fixed on the finishing line? Or do we allow ourselves to be held back? Have our forward movement restricted? Are we weighed down, dragging the burdens of guilt and shame that come from sin? Or have we put off the things that burden us? Decided to train hard. We've made ourselves naked except for the truth that spurs us on to an eternity with God. Jesus gave us everything we need to compete and to complete. Let's not make that a meaningless exercise. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.